the process that prepares you that is so key is called sanctification of the soul. Hallelujah. This is mighty. The power of sanctification, the value of sanctification, the virtue that is sanctification, the importance of sanctification, the purpose of sanctification, the role of sanctification. He's saying, look at what he says further on. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne were seven lamps that were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne was what looked like a sea of glass, as clear as crystal. At the center of the throne were four living creatures, and they were, they were covered with eyes in front and back. Verse 7. The first living creature is like a lion. The second, from the book of uh, Revelation chapter 4, 1 to 11, that if that is the throne before which you are going to appear, then it's absolutely very important that you prepare. And that process that prepares you is called sanctification. So then it becomes very important in your Christian salvation. Isn't it? It's very, very important in your Christian salvation, the process of sanctification. Hallelujah. And that's what we've been seeing all through. And he's saying, verse 1 alone is one reason why you need sanctification. Why sanctification is so important. Hallelujah. Sanctification is the name of the process. He's saying, he is totally separated from the earth. So therefore, if he's separated from the life and the goings on here, and this wicked evil and filth, of this earth that you're mixing with, a bishop has fallen with a woman, she is touching women, she is doing what? If he is really separated from the sickness of sin that's going on on this earth, then for those who want to enter, you surely must prepare. And prepare well. And that process that prepares you well is called sanctification of the soul. Hallelujah. He's saying verse 1 alone, the fact that he's highly exalted, high and exalted, meaning totally separated from the earth, you need sanctification. And then, have you ever wondered that the train of his garment is still filling the earth? You know, the earth is the worship central. The worship center of the Lord is the earth. He created the earth for worship. The worship center of the Lord is the earth. The earth is the worship center of Jehovah. For you might say, no, only the church of Anna, that's you. He created everything, everybody to worship him. So if you hear that the train of his garment is reaching down the earth, then you can tell that the Lord, as much as he's highly exalted and separated from the earth, but he can never stop his connection with the earth. He can never cut it. Because on that day when he does cut it, Everybody will not wake up. It will be 7 billion dead bodies rotting on the earth. Even the air you breathe is God. No, no, no. Leave the air alone. Even waking up. Who wakes you up? It is the Lord that normally wakes you up. Those that are not woken up are not here today. They are buried. Hi! Separated, highly exalted, set apart totally from the earth. However, he's saying that he is still connected to the earth because the crops that you eat and call mboga, they need his rain. 
mvua yake whose rain do your crops drink the lord's rain and they need your sunshine for the leaf to pick the chlorophyll and build a cob of maize a cluster of banana and a wart of cabbage a wart of waru under the soil don't say no mine is waru is under the soil i don't need it apana hata hiyo inahitaji iko na leaf sake nje inakunywa maji za mvua za mungu na inapata jua ngufu jua the energy convert chlorophyll what ya mungu wangu wangu so you tell me when you say that you want just to be independent in the atheist society of that you don't believe in god because you have found a way ya kujimudu even the atheists need to be woken up every morning that he may have to breathe and god's air by the way and walk to work but have i done kwa nini wameniona so it is also with human beings and animals and and even the angels here they cover their feet not even worthy to be seen by god supposed to be unclean part walking whatever in terms of the world standards they cover they would not want god to even look at their feet the least important they are unclean i'm talking about the glorious angels of god the highest angels of heaven they cover their feet i said number 2 is a reason on its own why you need sanctification they cover their feet that the lord cannot see the feet they cover their faces their glorious faces if you read the book of acts chapter 6 12 that when stephen had been stoned then his face became is central in the christian life foundation of salvation without which there is no salvation and he's saying in the matters you see the throne where where you are going to appear in the manner of demeanor of the angels you said apana apana let me just prepare properly hallelujah lest i don't enter did you see that now the importance of sanctification wow how powerful Verse 3 is another reason on his own. Verse 3 of Isaiah 6 says, And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, three times holy is the Lord Almighty, the God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Just the manner of the holiness, the three time holiness that is being announced at that throne tells you apana even mimi i need that three times sanctification hallelujah i need that three times sanctification so i can appear before the three times holiness of god i need threefold sanctification to be able to stand before the three times holiness of god wewe well, that's another reason on sona code Hey you would have gone through life without ever knowing that hey there is a process and I want to go to the process the holiness of God alone calls for proper sanctification brings value to sanctification and as cause gravity of sanctification the holiness of God three time holiness can you imagine holy 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 say for that 
out of just rational and logical thinking. Just rational and logical. If that holiness is threefold, then I think I need to prepare properly. If there is a sanctification, then I want it threefold. I don't want to take chances, right? That's verse 3 alone. Verse 4. Look at what he says. And at the sound of their voices, the doors and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Can you imagine that? Even to stand within that earthquake in heaven, don't you need to prepare? And then he says, verse 5, Woe unto me, I cried out, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I have lived among a people of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes are beheld. They have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, the Lord Almighty, the Lord Most High. I, just based on that alone, that your eyes are going to see the Lord of hosts face to face. Don't you think you need sanctification? He said, I need it. You need sanctification. Everybody does. presence of God. And he said, no, I am finished. Don't you think you need to be prepared? And then what comes next, which is actually the simulation of the process, which is the genesis of this conversation, the beginning of it all. What comes next? That you need sanctification. You need to be prepared. Oh yes, you do. If that be the gravity if that be the gravity of appearing before God, then everybody needs to prepare well. You don't want to take chances, go to hell. No, you don't want to. He says, verse 5, it goes on very powerful up to 11. Pick a live coal, burning coal. And they come and they look for somebody and they touch your mouth with a live wickedness. And my lips are dirty because out of the abundance of the heart flows. So it speaks about how my heart is not clean. And he saying that when he sees the seraphim saying holy, holy, they are preaching a gospel of holiness. They are preaching a doctrine of repentance because they are coming with call to purge sin. To sin from this sin for Isaiah. Essentially that fire purges the heart of Isaiah. And Isaiah says no, I am finished. I need sanctification. Why? Because out of the abundance of the hearts, the holy hearts of the seraphim, they are crying the holiness of God. They are celebrating it and singing it and preaching it. Out of the abundance of the holiness of their heart. Out is a reflection. He come and end an akuchoma he touched that mouth and he purged that mouth. And you see things happening. Isaiah can now hear God from his side talking. The one who said he's ruined and he's dead meat. Eh? He's finished. Now God is right? Purging. Now that you felt easily undone. Today I'm gone. I'm dead meat. I'm dead. Because I have stood before the Lord of hosts. The King Himself, the Lord Most High, the Lord Almighty Himself, Jehovah Yahweh Himself, 
And yet with my filthy eyes, I have seen the king. I am now finished. That alone should cause you to say, Apana, for me, I need to prepare properly. I must. If I don't, I will be dead meat. I will be finished. It's the unapproachable glory of God, which is not possible to approach. And then, the next reason is the way the seraphim flies, looks at Isaiah's condition. Did you know who Isaiah is? Isaiah is the mighty prophet of God, right? He's the prophet of the Lord. So he's no ordinary man, right? God speaks with him. But if you look at the state of unworthiness that happens to him, the deadness, the way he dies, when he just sees the throne, he is finished. When you look at that, then you say, Abana, for me, let me first go and prepare properly. If Isaiah can cry like that, but if you look at the process that the seraphim pass Isaiah through to now purge him, in other words, sanctify him, then you understand that just a moment, I am a carrier of the gospel. I'm not going to carry that gospel except that I've been purged so I can preach to people what I know. He says, only when you are passed through the purging, the sanctification of God, the purification, the doctrine of sanctification is essentially the doctrine. The process that prepares you, that is so key, is called sanctification of the soul. Hallelujah. This is mighty. The power of sanctification, the value of sanctification, the virtue that is sanctification, the importance of sanctification, the purpose of sanctification, the role of sanctification. He's saying, look at what he says further on. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne were seven lamps that were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne was what looked like a sea of glass, as clear as crystal. At the center of the throne were four living creatures, and they were, they were covered with eyes in front and back. Verse 7. The first living creature is like a lion, the second is like an ox, the third has the face of a man, and the fourth is like an eagle. I have met each one of these specific ones before the throne of God. Each one, each one of them have met and conversationed. And I cannot describe to you, I've never been allowed to describe to you these creatures, what they, you will be, some of you cannot handle. Don't you think you need a thorough preparation through a beautiful processing called sanctification to be ready for this? Excuse me. Serious sanctification. You said not just sanctification. You need some serious sanctification. Serious sanctification. And it says about these creatures, the four living creatures, like an ox, the face of man, and the fourth one, like a flying eagle. Then it says, each of the four living creatures had six wings and were covered with eyes all around, even under the wings, talking about their intelligence. Talking about their intelligence. They are looking with the eyes of God, meaning they see everything everywhere. That is the meaning of them covered with totally eyes, eyes everywhere, under the wings everywhere. So at the back they see, in front they see, down they see, up they see. So they are seeing as God sees with eyes talk about their sight, their intelligence, how intelligent they are, how they see so far. Even things not yet happened. The four living creatures. Then he moves on to say, even under their wings, day and night, they never stop saying, 
holy, 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 three times holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. If God is that much three times holy, don't you think you need to prepare? The value, the importance of sanctification, the importance of sanctification, right? And uh, we saw already from the book of uh, Revelation chapter 4, 1 to 11, that if that is the throne before which you are going to appear, then it's absolutely very important that you prepare. And that process that prepares you is called sanctification. So then it becomes very important in your Christian salvation. Isn't it? It's very, very important in your Christian salvation, the process of sanctification. Hallelujah. And that's what we've been seeing all through. Sanctification is very important, right? There is rumbling going on at that throne. Flashes of lightning. Wouldn't you need to prepare? You have to prepare before that throne, absolutely. And another reason for preparing again is now the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah 6. Why sanctification is important. Isaiah chapter 6. I'm just beginning by verse 1 alone. Verse 1 is a reason on its own. Verse 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his garment and his robe filled the temple. He's saying, just from verse 1 alone is a reason for you to demand sanctification. Because he's saying in verse 1 that the Lord is so highly exalted, so high up there, far away from the moral and evil and wicked and sinful decay of the earth. He's saying, if he's that much highly exalted, and that is the place I need to go to, then there are for blessed people. It is true I need sanctification. I would have to prepare well because he is high and exalted, very high up there. And he's so high that I really would have to prepare well to get there. And if there is a process that prepares you to get there, and that process is called sanctification, then surely that process, you need it. Because he said, so high and exalted. What does he mean by that? Set apart. That high and exalted is used to emphasize, illustrate, demonstrate that he is really separated from the moral and wicked decay of the earth. He is separated from that. If they want to enter there, they would have to change. You like it or not? They would have to repent and undergo sanctification, right? Because he's saying he's high and exalted, meaning he's really very separated from the moral decay of the earth. And if I'm living here, I really need to prepare. And that process is called what? Sanctification. Hallelujah. And he's saying, verse 1 alone is one reason why you need sanctification. Why sanctification is so important. Hallelujah. Sanctification is the name of the process. He's saying, he is totally separated from the earth. So therefore, if he's separated from the life and the goings on here, and this wicked evil and filth of this earth that you're mixing with, a bishop has fallen with a woman, Suji is touching women, Suji is doing what? If he's really separated from the sickness 
of sin that is going on on this earth, then for those who want to enter, you surely must prepare. And prepare well. And that process that prepares you well is called sanctification of the soul. Hallelujah. He's saying verse 1 alone, the fact that he's highly exalted, high and exalted, meaning totally separated from the earth. You need sanctification. And then, have you ever wondered that the train of his garment is still filling the earth? You know, the earth is the worship central. The worship center of the Lord is the earth. He created the earth for worship. The worship center of the Lord is the earth. The earth is the worship center of Jehovah. For you might say, no, only the church upon that's you. He created everything, everybody to worship him. So if you hear that the train of his garment is reaching down the earth, then you can tell that the Lord, as much as is highly exalted and separated from the earth, but he can never stop his connection with the earth. He can never cut it. Because on that day when he does cut it, everybody will not wake up. It will be seven billion dead bodies rotting on the earth. Even the air you breathe is God. No, no, no. Leave the air alone. Even waking up. Who wakes you up? It is the Lord that normally wakes you up. Those that are not woken up are not here today. They are buried. Hi! Separated. Highly exalted. Set apart totally from the earth. However, he's saying that he is still connected to the earth because the crops that you eat, they need his rain. Whose rain do your crops drink? The Lord's rain. And they need your sunshine for the leaf to pick the chlorophyll and build a cob of maize, a cluster of banana, and a wart of cabbage. So you tell me when you say that you want just to be independent in the Atheist Society of Kenya, that you don't believe in God because you found a way at Kujimudu. Even the atheists need to be woken up every morning. That he may have to breathe. And God's air, by the way. And walk to work. But highly exalted. So therefore, that means you need sanctification. Can I move on? Verse 2 is another reason you need sanctification. Look at what he says, verse 2, Isaiah chapter 6. In verse 2 he says, Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. And with two wings they covered their feet. And with two wings they were flying. He's saying because of that verse two alone, you need sanctification. Why? Because he's saying there is seraphim that are the angels of glory. The angels that can stand the glory, the cloud of God, the presence of God. Hallelujah. That can stand the presence of God. The cloud of God. The holy cloud, the holiness, the unapproachable holiness of God. Those angels, he says, they cover their feet. Their feet, let me tell you something about feet. Their feet are the least clean and the least important part of an animal. If somebody slaughters chicken and cooks it well, 
And he starts to serve, serve. He reaches you. He, said, he gives you two legs. The ones of stepping down, he gives you to say, I'm coming back to you with soup. Just hold on there. I'll be trickling back to you. You weep. You weep the whole journey. You always weep forever. What have I done? The feet are the least valuable part. So it is also with human beings and animals and, and even the angels here. They cover their feet, not even worthy to be seen by God. Supposed to be unclean part, walking, whatever, in terms of the world standards. They cover, they would not want God to even look at their feet. The least important part. They are unclean. I'm talking about the glorious angels of God. The highest angels of heaven. They cover their feet. I said number two is a reason on its own why you need sanctification. They cover their feet. That the Lord cannot see the feet. They cover their faces. They are glorious faces. If you read the book of Acts chapter 6, 12, that when Stephen had been stoned, then his face became like that of angels. Meaning, the Lord deposited his glory there and the face glowed. Only the angels have glorious feet, glorious faces, and so forth. So his face was like that of angels. But he's saying, even those glorious faces, they cover. Meaning, not worthy. Look, to express their unworthiness before the unapproachable glory of God. Unapproachable glory. That when it comes to standing before the unapproachable glory of God, unapproachable holiness, the non-approachable glory of God, then the glorious angels, the glorious feet, and glorious faces they cover. How much more do you need to prepare to present yourself before such a God? You are a mere mortal human, sinful one. How much more do you need sanctification then? Hallelujah. The glorious angels of God, they cover their glorious feet. They cover their glorious faces as an illustration of their humility before the throne of God. Say, I cannot approach the throne. I can't see the glory with my eyes. How much more you? Don't you think then you need preparation proper? Properly. Properly properly. Don't you think then you need this process that prepares called sanctification. It's absolute now. Where we have written now it's absolute. This process is a must now. Eh? Sanctification. Presenting the case for sanctification. Why the church needs sanctification? Why it is central in the Christian life, foundation of salvation, without which there is no salvation. And he's saying, in the matters you see the throne where, where you are going to appear, in the manner of demeanor of the angels, let me just prepare properly. Hallelujah. Lest I don't enter. Did you see that now? The importance of sanctification. Wow. How powerful. Verse 3 is another reason on its own. Verse 3 of Isaiah 6 says, And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, three times holy is the Lord Almighty, the God of hosts. 
The whole earth is full of his glory. Just the manner of the holiness, the three-time holiness that is being announced at that throne tells you, even me, I need that three times sanctification. Hallelujah! I need that three times sanctification so I can appear before the three times holiness of God. I need threefold sanctification to be able to stand before the three times holiness of God. That's another reason on its own accord. Hey! You would have gone through life without ever knowing that, hey, there is a process and I want to go to the process. The holiness of God alone calls for proper sanctification. Brings value to sanctification. Underscores gravity of sanctification. The holiness of God. Three time holiness. Can you imagine? Holy, holy, holy. Say for that, out of just rational and logical thinking. Just rational and logical. If that holiness is threefold, then I think I need to prepare properly. If there is a sanctification, then I want it threefold. I don't want to take chances, right? That's verse 3 alone. Verse 4. Look at what he says. And at the sound of their voices, the doors and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Can you imagine that? Even to stand within that earthquake in heaven. Don't you need to prepare? And then he says, verse 5, Woe unto me, I cried out, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I have lived among a people of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes are beheld. They have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, the Lord Almighty, the Lord Most High. I, just based on that alone, that your eyes are going to see the Lord of hosts face to face. Don't you think you need sanctification? He said, I need it. You need sanctification. Everybody does. Because he's saying, just standing there and looking at the holy presence of God, and he said, no, I am finished. Don't you think you need to be prepared? And then what comes next, which is actually the simulation of the process, which is the genesis of this conversation, the beginning of it all, what comes next? That you need sanctification. You need to be prepared. Oh, yes, you do. If that be the gravity, if that be the gravity of appearing before God, then everybody needs to prepare well. You don't want to take chances, go to hell. No, you don't want to. He says, verse 5, it goes on very powerful up to 11. Each of them is a reason for you to have sanctification, work through your soul, work through your salvation, right? Each one of them. He says, verse 6, then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with a tongue from the altar. Verse 7 he says, With it he touched my mouth and said, See, look, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and you have sin atoned for. And he said, Therefore, because the seraphim go to the altar in front of the throne, and they Speak a live call, burning call. And they come and they look for somebody and they touch your mouth with a live burning call. You say, Hapana, 
Apana. Therefore, I need sanctification. Why? Because that process in itself is the sanctification we are talking about. That process is actually called sanctification. The process of taking burning coal to someone who is ruined. He says, I am done. I am undone. I am finished. Dead meat. The reason I'm dead meat is that I have looked at the Lord with my mortal, filthy eyes. Sinful eyes that have seen wickedness. And my lips are dirty because out of the abundance of the heart flows. So it speaks about how my heart is not clean. And he's saying that when he sees the seraphim saying, holy, holy, they are preaching a gospel of holiness. They are preaching a doctrine of repentance because they are coming with call to purge sin. To purge sin from this sin for Isaiah. Essentially, that fire purges the heart of Isaiah. And Isaiah says, no, I am finished. I need sanctification. Why? Because out of the abundance of the hearts, the holy hearts of the seraphim, they are crying the holiness of God. They are celebrating it and singing it and preaching it. Out of the abundance of the holiness of their hearts. How about me who is not holy? Then he said, no, I'm a man of unclean lips. Meaning my heart, my heart is unclean. What I'm spewing out is a reflection of the abundance of the heart. If this seraphim can sing holiness, I need purging. And that's why he takes the hot call, life call. He come, he touch that mouth, and he purge that mouth. And then after that, you see things happening. Isaiah can now hear God from his side talking. The one who said he's ruined and he's dead meat. Eh? He's finished. Now he can hear God inside the inner courts of God talking. Hey, he can now hear the voice of God, right? And then the other thing you see, he's also now standing and speaking back to God. That here am I, Lord, send me now. Hey, he's also now willing to be sent. Meaning, how can you preach the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of sanctification, the gospel of purging, unless you have experienced the fire of purging? that only those who have experienced the purging, the fire of purification, who have experienced that the power of the doctrine of repentance and holiness, only they now can carry that gospel. That's what he's saying here. Because they say, Lord, here am I. Send I. Send me now. When he has tasted the purging, now he can go to the earth to preach the gospel of purging of sins. That you can never preach the gospel of purging of sin, the gospel of repentance and holiness, except that you too, you have umepitia, you have tasted it, and it has transformed you. So you are talking about what you know. Zaya is dead meat. He's saying, I am finished. I am ruined. I'm really undone. Today I'm gone. I'm dead meat. I'm dead. Because I have stood before the Lord of hosts, the King himself. The Lord Most High, the Lord Almighty Himself, Jehovah Yahweh Himself. And yet with my filthy eyes, I have seen the King. I am now finished. That alone should cause you to say, Apana, for me, I need to prepare properly. I must. 
If I don't, I will be dead meat. I will be finished. It's the unapproachable glory of God, which is not possible to approach. And then, the next reason is the way the seraphim flies. Looks at Isaiah's condition. Did you know who Isaiah is? Isaiah is the mighty prophet of God, right? He's the prophet of the Lord. So he's no ordinary man, right? God speaks with him. But if you look at the state of unworthiness that happens to him, the deadness, the way he dies, when he just sees the throne, he's finished. When you look at that, then he says, Abana, for me, let me first go and prepare properly. If Isaiah can cry like that, but if you look at the process that the seraphim pass Isaiah through to now purge him, in other words, sanctify him, then you understand that just a moment. I am a carrier of the gospel. I'm not going to carry that gospel except that I've been purged so I can preach to people what I know. He says, only when you are passed through the purging, the sanctification of God, the purification, the doctrine of sanctification is essentially the doctrine of setting apart from sin, repentance. That means you cannot preach it unless you have passed through it. Otherwise, you have an atheist preaching to people who are genuinely hungry for God. They want to be born again. But an atheist is walking around there preaching to them. He ain't tasted yet the fire of God from the burning coal. He touched the mouth and purged him. And from that point on, what happens? Isaiah now hears the throne. If you read further, he now can hear the voice of God. And I talked about the sanctification of the ears that you may hear the trumpet. And the next thing, Isaiah is speaking back to the Lord. Standing now, he's able to stand before the throne. He's able. You see that? Hallelujah. And he's saying that the burning, the bringing of burning coal and set his lips ablaze. But anyway, you don't hear the Bible say, look, this has burnt your lips. No. It's not burning of the lips of Isaiah. It's just the touching of the lips of Isaiah was enough to purge his heart, to purge his life, to purge the vessel. So he's now a carrier. Touching the lips. He says, that is the foundation. That is the principle. The principle law governing sanctification is that one. The principle law. That Isaiah was going through this kind of sanctification because of the state, the state he was in. And this is a prophet of God. How much more the church needs sanctification? This kind of doctrine. He was receiving the doctrine of repentance and the pardoning of sins. And he said, how can you preach the pardoning of sin and the turning away from it unless it has purged you? You have tasted it and seen that the Lord is good. How can you preach it? It's not possible. That's why those who are falling in sexual sin, they were not born again. They were not born again. They were not. Let's just agree. They were not. Because when you go through this, the purging, oh, Isaiah is now talking to God. He's hearing and talking to God. And say, Lord, here I am. Please send me the enthusiasm. The enthusiasm, the trembling with running down there to go and tell them about this wonderful gospel of pardon. This awesome throne of God where they're supposed to go and present and appear. Hallelujah.